Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know we harp on it a lot. You need a good pair of binos. Yeah, I never hunted with binos until I was almost into my 20s. I never did it when I was a teenager or anything like that. Or when I was a kid, we never had binos. And when I bought my first pair of Vortex binos, the first binos I ever purchased back in like 2015, it immediately made a huge difference for me, especially in the turkey woods. So give yourself the advantage of a good pair of binos this spring, whether you're looking for more of like an entry-level bino like the Vortex Diamondbacks or something really, really nice like the Razors. Vortex is going to have something for you. And hey, don't pay full price for it. Use our discount code at eurooptic.com. Use the code SGN10 to get a discount on any Vortex optics that you want to order. Again, that's eurooptic.com, code SGN10 to go get a discount on any Vortex product you order. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. If you hear crickets and frogs and a fire, it's because we're on the bank of the river. And I'm here with... Uh, Mr. J.T. Watkins, who you've heard before, and uh, Adam Edwards, the duck hunter. How y'all doing? Adam, you go first. Doing well. Um, we're out here on the banks of the river. It's uh, Can't complain. It's a good night, yeah. yeah. But you, J.T.? I'm doing well, man. J.T.? You know, it's nice to get off that work grind and have a weekend to do something. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Cop over here. Yeah, right? last time y'all heard J.T., he was not a cop, and now he's a cop. Yeah. Full blown, full blown. Don't One of our boys in blue, man. That's right. We're of age, all right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody here's of age, and we're <laughs> hanging out and having a few cold ones. Mm-hmm. About to go run some limb lines and see what we can turn yeah. up. It's going to be a long night. Get some cat Yeah, it's going to be a long night. Good news is that I'm working night shifts, so I'm... JT's I'm ready to rock, man. I am in <laughs> for it. I am just waking up, and we are good to go. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I could use a cup of coffee right myself. Yeah. I could use some more of this course. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. We've been sitting here BSing about hunting and bow hunting and bows and everything. A minute ago, we were talking about arrow stuff, and I was telling you how my buddy shot a pig with a 223, and it didn't go through the shoulder. It was one of those green tip rounds. Piece of junk, probably, but it didn't go through the shoulder. Well, my buddy Steve Angel from Traditional Outdoors, who we were talking about, not only did he shoot that antelope in the shoulder and get a pass through, but he uh, he shot a pig in the shoulder. Same same kind of situation that Braden shot the pig in with a two two three, and it didn't go through. Steve busted right through that shoulder with a freaking trad bow. Those trad bows, man. So why right? is that? Because he's shooting a heavy freaking arrow, real heavy. Like dude shooting. I don't know. I don't know anything about, like, arrow weights anymore just because I haven't messed with it so long. But this year, we're going to make some some heavy arrow setups, me and Jacob are, which you do not hear the ginger bow hunter on this podcast because he bailed on us like some kind of wussy. Yeah. He decided not to come hang out and drink yeah, down the river. He's probably, he's probably sitting around, like, on a couch drinking wine yeah, yeah, he'd rather watching The Bachelor or something like that. <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> He's not a man's man like us. That's <laughs> right. He ain't so, a mountain man. Yeah. So like I was telling both of y'all before we started this, you know, I'm thinking about going somewhere and just saying, look, this is what I need. I need between 270, 300. I want the heaviest arrow possible and the lightest draw weight possible. And just see what we can come up with. See what happens. Yeah, I mean. Y'all, Practice with it in the summer, see how you like it. Andrew, <clears throat> I know you're you're kind of in that same boat. Adam, I know you're not. Um, see, I'm green. You're not green. as worried he's about it. Hunter, I'm man. a green bow hunter. He's a, you're he's not as worried hunter. about it. But Andrew, you are you on the same boat, kind of? Are you? Uh... Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm tending a fire right now. If y'all <laughs> hear background noise, I'm gonna keep shooting. Well, actually, I've been shooting 70 this year, and depending on how much, I'm gonna knock it down to 65 and practice all off season, and then hopefully before deer season starts. I'll kick it back up to 70 just because I can pull 70 no problem out of a tree stand, but in the saddle, you're kind of shooting weird angles. It's different. And it's it's a lot different. (laughs) So I had a little bit with the the Hoyt I was shooting last year, I had no problem with weird angles. Like uh, that doe I killed last year, 
I shot her hanging off the side of the tree as I was trying to put my ring of steps on, and I had my lineman's belt around the tree, and I just pulled my bow up because she was walking up, and I wasn't even tethered in. I just had my lineman's belt on, and I shot her off like that. that 70 pounds, the, no problem. That, that halon, I can't do it. suckiest track job Oh, my God. JT ever. was there. That was the suckiest track I job I forgot, ever. dude. That was. So what happened there is – I shot this doe. I straight up gut shot her. I mean, straight up, like 14 yards. It small intestine. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even say gut. I'd say small intestine. Dude, I mean, every bit, man, it was terrible. But we went after her. We found her we found a, a couple hours later. I mean, it didn't take her long to die. It was raining. <laughs> we gritted it. And, of course, how it always happens, like the last place you look, there she is. And then, dude, I, I quartered her up and packed her out, which we're going to have to do a whole episode about packing out deer. Because I talked to people down here about it in Alabama, and they're like, why would you do that? It seems so much harder than dragging. I'm like, clearly, you've never not dragged a deer. Right. You've never packed. Oh, my God, it's so much easier. It's, and that was, it was in our best spot last year, too. Do what? That was in our best spot last year, too. Oh, it was. Had that God, nice that buck. was man. hot. Nice buck. That mm. spot was so dang hot. Yeah, there's a ton of deer in there. It's funny how every time we didn't hunt it, a buck showed up. I'm really looking forward to hanging a camera there in the off-season and see what shows up. This year, I'm going to I'm gonna use cameras a heck of a lot more this year. Because Jeff Homan, who kills a ton of nice bucks down where me and you live, Adam, on that national forest, he... Uh, he kills a ton of nice bucks down there, and it's it is no, by far the hardest piece of public I've ever hunted. Like as far as pressure goes, it it just gets hammered, and the dude bucks out every year, and he always kills at least two of them or nice bucks, and uh, he like religiously runs trail cameras. So I'm gonna try it this year because that's something I've gotten out of in the last few years is trail cameras. But I'm gonna kind of revisit it this year and, and just kind of see what's going on. And I think personally, me and you need to put more time into. Th- yeah. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I went in there late, late, late season this season, this past season, and they were clearing a whole big portion right there on that back road. Yeah. Where that, you know, that guy dug that big trench out. Yeah. They were, By the way, I bleeped what you said. I'm going to bleep what you, <laughs> what you said so people don't know. Oh, 13, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. There's now. another bleep right there. getting away the spots now. Come on. <laughs> Off this highly secretive road this is one we haven't come up uh, a name we haven't come up with a name for let's it come yet. up with one right you gotta now. have a code name you yeah. gotta have a code name let's come so up far we've right got now. like the cadillac track uh we got the holy unit um god let's dude, just call remember. it the train tracks then we'll call it the train <laughs> track yeah off the train tracks off the train tracks there was this this nice 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 pine area yeah it's all the way in the back corner and off this area they were clearing a good, good portion of it, and I, you know, I went back in there and I jumped four deer, cutting through this pine thicket. It is late, late, late season. I just really just went just more to decompress than I did actually to go hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we need to go back in there and see what see what's actually moving through there more so. Than you got some nice ones on camera in there, though. Yeah, real nice. Yeah, yeah I was we, jealous. The only problem with that area was is that where we had those deer on camera was was. We had them on camera in October, and you know, se- late September, early October, right up to opening day, and then my cousin sat in there on opening day, and he saw one of them late afternoon. He could just tell it was a buck because of the way that the sun hit the rack mm-hmm. and just moved, and he he could just tell. But other than that, he couldn't get a shot off. And after that, 
I mean, I think it was either it was either me and you or me and him that went back in there later season and we hung a camera back up and left it for two weeks and we didn't get any, we didn't even get a single picture on that camera. Yeah. In the same spot that we had twenty two pictures of five different bucks. It's weird too. It was it's so such weird. a good spot, man. God. It's right on the bottom of like a nice cutover. Yeah, it was like, it is <laughs> like kind of cutover. You look at it and you're like, oh yeah. It was there was a cutover on the on the right side from the tree that you would sit in. Mm-hmm. There's a cutover on the right side, a cutover on the left side, and then it's just nice long finger of a hardwood bottom mm-hmm. with a creek running right through the middle of it all the way up through the cutover. I mean, it was perfect. It was you couldn't draw one up any better, but you you sat in there and you wouldn't see a damn deer. Yeah. It happens, dude. It happens. See, my problem is I'm just too, I'm just too ADHD. You know, I've, I've got to be doing something, right? And yeah, I'll be sitting there looking at a cutover. I'll fall asleep. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll miss a deer, and that's just you know. That's when I see stuff, especially when I'm squirrel hunting. Me and my buddy Colton grew up squirrel hunting together a lot, and we always would see squirrels. Like we'd fall asleep, like squirrel hunting, and we'd wake up, and there'd always be a squirrel there. So maybe that's a maybe that's a good strategy. Just take a good nap. You wake up and there's old Bucky Bighorn standing out there. Man, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> See, I would not is, hate it. The problem is old Bucky Bighorn sounds like a squirrel too, you know, and vice versa. Oh god. You know, you're sitting there and Oh man, he's coming, he's coming. Turns out just a little squirrel. Walking mm-hmm. on by, you know. Yeah. Adam, move your mic a little bit closer to your mouth. I've had too many uh too many misses deer hunting, man. It's just uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, I've missed. I've missed all the deer, man. This year, I missed. Oh God, dude! I think I missed three or something. I did. I did good and bad at the same time this year. Like uh, I missed one early season in Georgia, where I was. I mean, all over those things. And I shot underneath one at like three o'clock in the afternoon or some crap, where he came out way early in the morning or in the afternoon uh, after finding that bedding area. Missed him. Then I missed another one. Um, I don't even remember when I missed the second one, dude. In Georgia? I don't even think it was in Georgia. No, I only missed one deer in Georgia because after that week, I got so busy hunting Alabama, I just I didn't even have time to hunt Georgia really. So, I mean, I don't know. Adam, how did your uh, deer season end up going? Well, see, I don't really deer hunt much. Yeah, that's why I introduced him as a duck hunter. Yeah, I'm just, I, I just don't, I don't have the patience, honestly. I, uh, I like to be moving. See, and the reason I love duck hunting and turkey hunting is because of the calling. You know, I, I love, you know, having to work at something, and it, it's, you know, something that it, not everyone can do, and take some work and that i don't know i just duck hunting you get to talk to folks you know it's just it's camaraderie it's kind of like yeah. a dove shoot right yeah exactly i it's, mean i still i've never been on like a good duck shoot i'm gonna take you this year we're gonna go we're gonna go yeah and we're gonna kill you a buck this year see that's my yeah we got a deal going on you can't you can't you can't expose me like this on the southern outdoors but no, come on. <laughs> on that note opening day of dove season oh, oh buddy we are cleaned them up Buddy, we cleaned them up last year. Buddy, you can't, we are going to set something up. You can't beat a good dove hunt. And we, we you just really gonna, can't. We're going to record across the board on opening day of dove season. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have an open recording. Mm-hmm. You can Your do shots you, and everything. You can do what you want to do with it. And we are going to just let it be <laughs> one. On opening day, 
<laughs> we can get on. We can all sit together. We can do whatever. Oh, yeah, want. dude. Yeah, yeah. Pe- dude, people talk all kinds of shit about public land, but that dove se- <laughs> that opening day of dove season last year, we were at our local WMA. It was me, you, and Lexi, which is JT's girlfriend. <coughs> and uh, we went over there, and there's, what, probably – Ten guy, ten other guys. Yeah, and we had a group meeting before. We all prayed together. We yeah, we, we prayed together. About, we talked about you know angles to shoot. Right. Yeah, don't and shoot we, below like forty five. We all had whatever. we had all this stuff organized. They cooked us a freaking lunch. How big of a field were y'all at? I mean, we were on. It was probably an acre and a half. No, wow. it was bigger than that. You think so? Oh yeah, it was a lot bigger than that. I'll have to look. I mean, it wasn't a huge, huge dove field, but the state plants it and maintains it and everything. And we were out there. Sunflower. No, well, they've done sunflower in the past. This year, it was millet. It was just millet field and sorghum. They had field. little strips of sorghum in it. It was fantastic. And I, I would be willing to say that between everybody that's on that field, we probably shot sixty doves. I killed. Uh, I mean, we caught between the three of us. We had a limit. Yeah, I think that I we killed found nine or something that we found. Yeah, you and Zach both killed a couple that you just we could not find. Why? Well, which happens pop- with dove hunting. And I popped that one that was right there that Zach was watching. Mm-hmm. And I popped it, and it, 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 there's no telling where that. That's what is. the dogs are for. Yeah, <laughs> you take a dog dove hunting. Yeah, that's Colton's. He's got that Boykin man. That that sucker will find him. But yeah, out there we were sitting there. We were with the game warden. We were with like ten other guys. We we're all sitting around. We we're cooking hamburgers on someone's tailgate. We we're listening to the Alabama and Auburn games. <laughs> Hanging out. It was it was country as cornbread, as Michael Waddell would say. It the was com- fantastic. The camaraderie in that one was definitely, definitely worth it. Yeah, dude. And that's pretty unique, you know, <clears throat> being on public land. I mean, you never really know what you're going to get. Yeah. It, and the thing was that going into it, none of us really knew any of the other guys. We were all just shooting the crap. I've never seen hang- those crackers in my life. Yeah, sh- shooting the crap, <laughs> hanging out. And it just turned into something that was, I mean, honestly, it was one of the most memorable experiences I have in the woods. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, over a dove hunt. <laughs> I mean, of all things, a dove hunt. Yeah, that's that's a good. Don't be knocking a dove hunt now. <laughs> don't don't knock I mean, dove, dove hunts are great, but you know, it's it's one thing to be in hunting camp and right shooting the crap with people you don't know and that kind of stuff. But, but coming on a, public land and a dove hunt on public land and what we were we were up before the gate. What two hours early? We got there because at first, me and you were like, we got to be competitive. We got to get out there. So I show up like right after daybreak. And they had the gate locked that went to the field. Mm-hmm. And so I hiked all the way to the field to put our chairs out and everything and our boxes of ammo. And there's guys that had beat me there. I was like, crap. And then I get back to the trucks and I start talking to them. I'm like, wait, these guys are awesome. And the thing with a dove shoot, to have a good dove shoot, you really need like a, a good bit of people there oh, to yeah. keep the birds flying. Oh, yeah, I mean, you, you keep it's probably like duck hunting. You keep them ping-ponging off your, off your barrels, you know, you're... <clears throat> you know, I mean, that's, that's part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to have people all over the field. I mean, know? yeah, probably... At least half the doves that I shot came from other guys right. that had missed them. From and those they, guys you know, they that just were zigzag. Those guys that were sitting on the power lines. Oh, dude! You remember those guys? Those jokers. Yeah, they, they got the way, good spot. They were wearing them out. Away from us. Oh my god! Wearing them out. Oh yeah. yeah. And th- there's a guy that had a freaking umbrella up there, and we all called him Umbrella Guy. We're like, Umbrella <laughs> Guy, want to love you? Bring some sunscreen next time, man. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Oh he man, I got burned. He was straight chilling. Chilling and killing, man. And there's that I guy, bet he got a limit. There was that guy that popped one. I mean, nobody else had fired a shot yet, and it was right at noon. So season had just opened, and he was grilling burgers, and he saw a dove coming. He just grabbed a shotgun and popped it from the tailgate <laughs> of the truck. 
Oh man, we had a good time, man. Good freaking time. Yeah, that place is. To I'm looking forward to it. Hey, fall is not far away. I mean, it is. I'm glad you have a good attitude about it because summer here. summer gets here, and I enjoy fishing. I enjoy the fishing and the swimming and the limb lining mm-hmm. and the beer drinking. But man, this this heat is oppressive. That's how Ooh. I describe it. oppressive. You know, we, got, we got nice places like this right here on the river where we can just sit and chill. We haven't talked about where we are. JT has been holding out on me about this. He's had this for what? Year and a half, two years. Oh, year and a half, two oh, years. Man, and we're just now getting down here. Never knew about. It. And Golly. I, I text JT. I'm like, hey man, I want to go camping this weekend. Go fishing and limeline. And you want to go? And he's like, sure. And he's like, where do you want to go? <laughs> and I'm like, well, we, we it needs to be somewhere we can camp. So I'm thinking maybe over here around this place because it's national forest and we can camp there. He's like, well, we got a lot on Smith Lake. I was like, "You have what? <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. You've been hiding it from us." Yeah. So, Golly. so my family, about a year and a half, two years ago, we decided to all invest on this lot on Smith Lake. It just so happens to be on this nice feeder creek, which is fantastic for catfishing, striper fishing. The uh, the neighbors actually they they wear them out <clears> on, <throat> with uh, trot lines and. Oh yeah. Shit, we saw them wearing them out earlier. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, first, they're out when on we the first day. got here, they were out there. Yeah. With, Throwing, throwing, uh, throwing lines out in the water and catching cro- uh, catfish. Yeah, straight yeah. up. They caught a big old cat and they went up to the to the house. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, fried the, they fried that one straight away. They were, yeah, they, they were just yeah. toss that joker right in the fryer, baby. Yeah. So it uh, it's nice up here though, and you know we have three acres that we can do whatever we want to on it. Yeah, this place is nice too. The only, I appreciate the only bad you having thing, us. You know, Absolutely. the only thing about Smith Lake is I feel like every lot. It's just a huge hill. I mean, it's a slope. I mean, getting down from the bank to where we are is just oh yeah. They it's all a do. hike, buddy. They Golly. all do, but once you get down there on the water, man, it is worth it. Oh, it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, it is it's worth nice. it. You're right. Yeah, dude. Can't a, beat it with a stick. Yeah, you can't beat it with a stick, man. <laughs> up there in the bankhead, not far. You can go up there and shoot a pig. You can. I know some guys that do that in the summertime. Which uh, last week I put out like a call for people to email us to say what they want to hear about in the summer and we we've had several people say they want to hear about hog hunting which i've done i don't know about y'all i've hog hunted i mean a fair bit i'm definitely not like hardcore hardcore into it like old matthew reeves southern pursuit man he uh he killed a ton of killer right there he killed a ton of hogs last year he killed a couple in deer season killed a couple buck he bucked out this year matt's a killer man he's a killer i mean he spends a lot of time in the woods. I'm, you know, he and he's at Auburn with us, and I don't. I mean, hell, I don't know how he made it to class. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was hunting every daggum morning, every afternoon. Yeah, he made public it land too, man. Yeah, I mean, he got it done. Yeah, man, that's that's why I like Matt so much. He was out there killing bucks left and right, and he got out of school okay. <laughs> <laughs> got him a job. That's he's, all that matters. He's right? all right. Yeah. yeah, when I tell people about my early college career, where I'm like, yeah. Um, I went, I actually, right after high school, I enrolled in a Jefferson State Community College and got a degree in skipping class and turkey hunting. That's right. <laughs> so, Nothing wrong with it. Oh, yeah. It's all right. I got one hitting golf balls and not going to class. <laughs> <laughs> How many golf classes did you take? Quite a few. Well, see, here, here's the thing is, you know, when you play, when you play college golf, they don't, they don't put you in golf class. That is golf class. Right. The only problem with it was that you got an hour worth of credit per semester 
and you really put more time into it than you put into a what is it, three hour in yeah, three like hour a credit that you get out of a regular mm-hmm. class. Yeah. Yeah. So you only got an hour and you put way more time. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Golf's frustrating too, man. I mean I can't hit the broad side of a I bar. Honestly say I've never even stepped foot on a golf course in my life. Except for the fish, right? Do what? Except for the fish. No, I've never even done oh, that. Oh, don't what? lie. Yeah, don't no, lie. Come on now. Now, Zach has, Zach has torn up some golf Man. course ponds. He got kicked oh. off a golf course uh, two out. years ago. You know, you know Eagle Point? No. Eagle Point's the neighborhood about where we're from. Man, oh, some good lakes. Good I will lakes. tell you right Good now, golf course lakes. Ooh. Some of the biggest bass I've ever seen caught came off of golf course ponds. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's because nobody fishes them. Nobody touches and, them, yeah. And the bass population ends up getting small because they – they uh they do management on them because mm-hmm. they have people come in and manage them because they they don't want that many fish out there interrupting the golfers, and there are some of the biggest bass I've ever seen caught on golf course ponds. Tell me again what your secrets now. Come on, yeah. I'm sh- not telling you what golf sh- courses they come, come from. On. Is that is that gonna be your uh, secret to win the yakking for bass challenge? Shh. You know, <laughs> shh. here's my theory. I was telling <laughs> you all about this earlier. You know, we've got some lime plants that we can go fish down in alabaster. And I, I just, I wouldn't feel right using that. Do to it. A, to it's win a, a competition, tournament. man. I understand it's a competition, but <laughs> you can't go fish it. He can't go fish it. <laughs> I'm the only one that can go fish it out of us three. <laughs> and there's six people total that are allowed to get on this, this water. Mm. How'd you get access to that? Just through work. I mean, we just being a cop. You got them benefits, man. Yeah, we, we keep people out of their, out of their quarry and they yeah. allow us to go fishing. That ain't like, bad. It's not bad. Then. It's just I know. smell that thing. Chew burning. Yeah. About JT yeah. sticking his foot in the fire. It needs to burn. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a wild man. As long as it don't catch on fire, we'll be all right. I smell it. <laughs> just yeah. redoing the tread pattern. That's right. That's all. Just softening it up. I'm gonna step on these rocks right here and get a new tread pattern on them. Oh, there you go. Probably <laughs> pretty good uh, tread pattern right there. But my theory is, you know, is if, if nobody else can go fish it, why should I count it in a tournament? Well, fair enough. Because that's how, that's, that's life. <laughs> I understand that's life, but, I mean, I can't even take you out there to go fishing. I need to, I need, are you on that, that Facebook group for that challenge? I'm not on that Facebook group. I'm going to add you and we're going to start talking smack and be like, JT <laughs> is just too good to go fish this pond. <laughs> he doesn't want to wipe the floor with all of us commoners. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. It wouldn't be fair for me to have two Manta saddles. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a, I mean, there's a mantis up for grabs, everybody out there. Tell them, how big, tell them how big those fish are out there. I mean, so, some of the other guys I work with that have that have fished this pond on a regular basis, they have had fish break off 50-pound braid, and they have pulled <laughs> 10, 11, 12-pound bass out of this out of this water. 50-pound braid. What in the world? It sounds to me like they're hooking into a big old freaking catfish. They probably are. It's probably like running it up against a rock and snapping that braid. Oop, dropped my keys. I would like to see them come to the surface, though. Yeah, me too. Hopefully we're going to catch a big old catfish. You need to bring right. your daggum shark rod out there. Yeah, I got a shark. I think that might be something we do this summer and try and make a little video on, is trying to catch a big old huge catfish. Cause the I got, question is, can you get us in there? I can see what I can do. <laughs> it's just gonna be hard. Hey, I mean it's it's so secretive. Man. Listen, what what Mama don't know can't hurt her. You know what I mean? That is true. <laughs> You're not wrong, sir. Did y'all You're see that <laughs> catfish that Jonathan Bone just caught? Catman Outdoors. I have not. He caught oh, a cat big man. He, old cat man. Caught a big old cat. 
I mean, big catfish. It's like a 36-pound flathead. It's huge. That is a large animal. That's a, that's a big Golly. old fish. That's a big fish. I don't know if I could get it up out of the water. I can get it up in the, from my frying pan. I can get it into a net, and I can promise you I can get the frying yeah. pan. Oh, yeah, dude. You can't beat a good fried catfish fly. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. We all eat bass, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You eat bass? Oh, yeah. All right. Good. I like fish in general, man. There's some yeah. people, a lot of tournament guys, that don't eat bass. They think it's sacrilegious. Listen. Which is ironic, because pond management, you got to take bass. Oh, yeah. You got to take bass. You, you have got to. to. I mean, and if you got bass crowded pond... Yeah, if it's bass crowded, then, I mean, it's just like deer. You're not going to have, like, if you got, where Taylor Chamberlain hunts, he's been on our podcast before. He's like urban bow hunter. He hunts up in, like, the suburbs of D.C. where there's, like, 400 deer a square mile. It's insane. And it's, like, up there, what? there's wow. so many deer. There's so many deer, man. Like you, you, And up in the <laughs> New England states, like, you'll have a lot of just emaciated deer. There's no food. Same thing with bass. Uh, like, bass you'll get to a level where there's just not that many. There's, I mean, obviously there'll be a few huge bass in there, but there's just not that many because they've eaten all the bait fish, all the, like, what is it, two to four inch brim. They, they eat all of them, and that's what gets a bass big is like a two to four inch brim. Mm-hmm. It's like I was telling you earlier when we went, me and a couple other guys from work, we went and fished one of the other quarries down there in Alabaster, and we caught somewhere close to 100, 120 bass. In a four hour stretch. But they they were all a pound, pound and a half. Hey you know, man, that's nothing. I'm, I'm I mean, into they that. were fun to catch, don't get me wrong, but the problem is that they weren't they weren't nothing big, so it was the hey pond man. itself They'll fit in the cast iron. They will fit in the cast iron scale. <laughs> I will not argue with that statement. But the thing is they won't the pond itself is just not as healthy as it should be. Yeah. Because you know, if you have that many, if you have that many bass per capita, for three people to go catch, mm-hmm. hundred. You know, yeah, it's a lot of fish, man. Twenty to forty bass. Yeah. There should be some in there that are bigger than a pound and a half. And obviously, there's a shortage of food. I mean, because as soon as you're tossing a line in, you're picking a bass back up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, they're yeah. they're hungry. I mean, I'd be throwing those jokers in the bucket. Absolutely, we should have. We should have. Oh yeah, dude. But the oh, the yeah. pond owner didn't want us to be keeping the fish. So, oh man, hey, I'll try anything at least once. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, shoot. I tell you what, I wish we could get in some crappie over here. I like crappie. There's some good crappie on this lake. I'll tell you what, I wish I'd brought some of my deer meat from that. Uh, actually, no. What I was about to say from the doe that you helped me track, but it, it's actually from the buck I shot <laughs> this year. That one, I had some of that joker made into uh, some kind of, like, hickory smoked sausage. It took, like, uh, some of the quarters up to, like, a a processor up the road for me that makes sausage. And holy smokes. Pretty good? Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. I almost told you to bring some back straps. I know. I I looked in the freezer, and I started to grab some, but I just, for whatever reason, just didn't do it. You know, we've got this nice, pretty grate right here that we're going to grill some... What, you got some Kaneka sausage on? Oh, no, we got some freaking cheddar jalapeno bratwurst, buddy. Well, that's even better. And listen, what I was going to say about processors, a good processor is worth its weight in gold. I mean, if you can find Absolutely. one. Now, there's a processor we used to have that that would do, you know, cheddar jalapeno bratwursts. And, man, I'd if I could get a whole deer done in 
Mm-hmm. Then like, oh man, I would. You I, can't I beat use them, it, man. I use them for for like getting sauces made that I just don't want to do. But I, I'll hardly ever bring a whole deer. I've heard too many bad stories. <laughs> when I worked at that bow shop, I had a guy come in who uh, was working at one of those, and he's like a teenager, didn't like give a crap about yeah. his job, and he just was an open book about the kind of stuff they did there. And it's a pretty well known processor where we're from, which I will not say the name because I don't want no, nah, like any I said, trouble. worth its weight in gold. But jeez, man, I mean, they're like you—you you never get your own deer back from yeah. that place. I don't know if other places I'm sure are different, but with a lot of those places, you don't get your own deer because they're just you know meeting. Really? So they're just—I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. They uh. When you think good, about the man. kind of volume that they're doing, right. which again, this is not all processors, but this is some processors. They you're not getting your own deer meat back, and the the danger with that is not danger because it's not really dangerous. But what sucks about that is you might get a deer that someone like left in the back of their truck with the guts in it and mm. stuff. I mean, just like stuff like that. You don't know what you're getting back. Right. So that's one reason that I've started packing out. I'll quarter it. It'll take out. Two whole bone-in hind legs. I'll take out two, like the front shoulders bone-in. I'll take out the back straps and whatever else I want, like ribs and everything. And uh, if I want sausage made, I'll just take the quarters in and I'll just have them make sausage. Because at that point, they're just making sausage. And, I mean, it's so spiced up. Even if right. I do get another deer that someone did a bad job you with. Can't tell. Yeah. And, I mean, it's kind of, it's worth the trouble because I don't have the equipment to really make good sausage. I mean, I have, like, an old crappy grinder, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, it works, but I just don't have the time. Yeah. So. That's a, I mean, that's a process. I mean. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. We need to hog hunt this summer. We should. We should go down to Monroeville. Yeah. Well, you know. Down to my uncle's property and have, have free reign on whatever we want. So, I wonder. Besides deer. Unless as you're, as like, far as eating a, a hog, I mean, you know, once it gets to a certain size, it's got that, you know, that meat's not not good myth. anymore. Myth. You know? That's a myth. Really? I promise. So, you. so that's what I've heard. I've eaten two pigs over two hundred pounds, and they're good. They're good. Oh, so yeah. I've killed a few pigs, and you know, had them processed, and man, a lot of people can't beat man. them. I mean, they're a lot of people good. will throw them out, and which. I mean, I I get it, like, growing up down here, like, I get why people do it, because, like, kind of what you hear about them, and they smell terrible when you kill them. Straight up, they smell bad. So, like, you are you are debunking this myth right now. Oh, oh dude. You are, you are so, letting the world know that a 200-pound hog. So, that, that pig that Braden shot, uh, that I told you about with the 223 at the beginning right. of the podcast, right. that thing, we took it home, skinned it, cooked it up and everything. I took, she was pregnant. She had little fetus pigs in her belly. And um, we got those and put them on limb lines, which some people kind of, really? oh yeah, dude, cringe at. But we were using every part of the animal, and so yeah, it's we right. yeah we baited up limb lines with little baby pigs, which is kind of messed up, but it worked, believe it or not. But anyways, we took her, man. We got all the meat off of her. Uh, she had so much fat on her back, like two inches of good fat so i took that fat and i cubed it up and rendered it which is where you just put it you put it in like a pot with a little bit of water and you just simmer it and the water evaporates off and it cooks the fat out of the meat like you're cooking bacon you know and you end up with all that fat and you end up with cracklings the fat like the flesh like shrivels up and you get cracklings and then you have all that lard and i, I cooked with that lard and a pig in like late winter it's been eating acorns all winter time like that fat dude it's like 
It's the best thing I've ever cooked with. It's delicious. <laughs> oh, dude, it's good. And we've eaten, and then Colton shot a really big pig one time, which I don't know what it weighed out at. It was, I mean, above 150. It was huge. And uh, we ate that one, and it was delicious. Be glad you found that one. You know, me and my brother, we were down at my uncle's place, and he popped one with a 270 short mag at 75 yards. And I kid you not, we tracked that deer for 500 yards. No, I don't doubt it. Nothing. I mean, he crossed the, it crossed the property They're line. Tough we were, man. I mean, we found a, fragments of bone. Oh blood, yeah, I mean, everything, and we were just we were at a loss. I one, mean, on a pig time, that big, though. I mean, the shoulder blade is. I had is a coworker a bone. who shot a big buck with a 300 wind mag at like 15 yards, and he shot it. What he ended up doing is he shot it low. And he hit it in the leg. He blew its leg off. And he's like, and he's a funny dude, man. Chris, I, I love him. Um, he uh, He's talking about it. He's hilarious, dude. He's like, I'm tracking this thing. And I'm holding the deer's leg in my hand. And he can't find it. He never found that thing. Unreal. Total tangent right there. But, yeah, dude. They're tough animals. Right, but for it. summertime hog hunting, I mean... Getting out there and spot stalking them, which they just legalized baiting in Alabama. Which, but which I mean, the whole reason for land. the baiting bill is, you know, supposedly for killing hogs. I mean, that's that that was their big, you know, Chuck Socks. That was his big reason behind it. I mean, well, there's another. When I talk to Chuck, one another reason he doesn't as a biologist. He's a biologist by trade. Um, he doesn't like supplemental feeding or baiting because he says it's not it's not good for the animals. Like in general, it's not good for turkeys. And as far as deer go, you know, it's a good place for you to hunt, but it's also a good place for bobcats and coyotes to hunt. So he doesn't like it from that aspect. But another thing he said is if we have supplemental feeding uh, legalized, then there's no difference. We might as well just make baiting legal. And Mm -hmm. uh, they put like that little license you have to buy. So that license, nobody's exempt to that license. Like you, if you're... Over 65 or below 16, you still have to have that license. Well, I don't know about below 16, but you still have to have that license to hunt over bait. And what that does is uh, it it makes people who normally wouldn't be buying a hunting license buy a hunting license. So people who are above 65. And that just lets them access more federal matching dollars from Pitt- Pittman-Robertson Act. Right. So it basically gives them more money, which people are like, oh, government is well, money hungry. A lot but, of people think that that... Department of Conservation and Natural Resources is tax funded. It's not, and it's not. It's ta- it's, it's funded by yeah. you, the hunter. Exactly. And yep. you know, people. And this is a little bit controversial, but I'll just say it. Like people, I'll agree with people that the government messes up a lot of stuff. But when it comes to like game management, the I mean, the federal government has a pretty decent track record. Yeah. I didn't look uh, yeah. at you know early the last century had what five hundred thousand whitetails. Now we have like. 32 million or some crap. That might be wrong, but it's millions and millions and millions it of white dogs here. Yeah. yeah, and so, I mean, they do a good job with that. And our WMAs, our public land and everything, how they manage it and how they enforce laws with game wardens and stuff so you don't have people, you know, nailing deer in your front yard at 3 a.m. with a spotlight. Right. You know, that's funded by hunters. Well, and to put it into perspective, I think it's less than 3.5% of Alabamians purchase a hunting license every year. Yeah. I mean, it's a very small, you know, fraction of people in mm-hmm. the state. Yeah, that's the only way they're funded. Yeah, and so a that, lot of people don't realize that. that. That baiting bill will 
hopefully, which I don't necessarily have anything against baiting. I can't do it because I'm, I'm a public land guy. But I don't have anything against a dude on private land who wants to put some bait out. I mean, to be completely honest, I don't see how it's that much different from a food plot. I agree. It's I mean, not. I mean, as far as the attracting the animal goes, you know, you can make the argument like a food plot uh like benefits the animals more but at the end of the day food plot should just be candy you know at a food plot your deers your deer should not be living off food plots they should be living off what what god put on the landscape for the them. acorns the, the acorns yeah. the natural forbs you know you got to have you know good management of your land cuz that native landscape is is there and it's already perfect for those deer are there that they're, they're a product of that landscape they were Whether, foraging long before we were planting food plots They've lived with it for long before we were here, if that makes sense. I don't know. That's a tangent. I hope we're probably making some people mad. Well. It happens. That's all right. Whatever. I can people about, get mad at everything nowadays. I can about guarantee you, if you, find <laughs> a, if you can find a sawtooth oak, not many people know what a sawtooth oak is. Yeah. If you can find a sawtooth oak, it is the sweetest acorn in the woods. Yep. Deer love them. Love them. Sawtooth acorn. So what is all, all those fields back there on, you know what property I'm talking about. Yeah. They, the have one. All, they have all sawtooth oaks on them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah DNR planted uh, sawtooth yeah. oaks way back when, which might be a problem because they're not native. They're uh, and they're, they're having some problems with like, right. yeah. them spreading out, being a little invasive. That's okay. They, don't they have drop to be native. early, too. too. They, they don't have to be native, but yeah. I promise you right now, I will sit on one of them. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because where there's a sawtooth, there's deer. Guarantee you. What about? Guarantee you. On public land, I don't really care what it is. If it's gonna track deer, I'm gonna sit on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, it can be a it can be a little bitty puddle of water. Yeah. So you're I talking about? I've hunted over water before. I killed my first bow deer over water. We really? had we had a big drought like years ago in Alabama, in like central Alabama. There's a huge drought. I can't remember what year it is, but it was a while back. And uh, I remember all the creeks I was hunting were all dried up. And I was finding like little pools, like in the in the big switchbacks on these creeks, there was little pools of water that were still there, like under rocks and stuff, <clears throat> like where there'd be like a like a rock overhang, and underneath that rock overhang in the shade there'd be water still. And I put a trail camera on one and left it for two weeks and went back and checked it, and I had every daggum animal in the woods checking that thing. Check like that. yeah, so, I had bucks, does, bobcats, turkeys, squirrels, armadillo, like everything was coming to that water hole. It was cool. Have cool. you ever I had my any first trouble? deer off that? You ever had any trouble? Deer. Anyone messing with game cameras on public land? I mean, never. Have, Literally have you ever never seen had one other people on your game cams? I mean, is I have it? not. Really? One time, a buddy found my game camera and mooned it. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Barnett. <laughs> I was gonna say, it sounds like something Jacob would do. <laughs> no, I've never had a problem, uh, and I only recently started hanging my cameras up, like up in trees, probably since I started hunting with like a climbing stick set up over a climber. Like a summit or something, I've been using like lone wolf sticks or like a bullman outdoors, uh, those steps they make. Uh, since I started using those probably two years ago, I started hanging my cameras up. But even before that, probably like six years or something, I never had one stole. Never had a person on it, mainly because I was just hunting <coughs> like places other people weren't hunting. And uh, I did end up having a few people on camera over the years, but none of them ever messed with it. And I'll tell you a trick that I did. <laughs> Then uh, they probably got some people. I know it got one guy because I had pictures of him. I put a a note in like the door of the trail camera where when you open the trail camera, the note would fall out. And it was like, 
<laughs> I was like, there's a GPS tracker in this uh, in this trail camera. If you steal it, we can find you. And I had a, I had pictures of this guy walk up, and he opens the trail camera, and then you can see him reading the note, and then he turns around and walks off. That is solid gold. <laughs> that is absolute solid it's gold. Like a, it's like a $40 trail camera. He's like, i got a GPS tracker in it. Like, hey, you know, they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. That's right. Yeah, no, I've never had someone mess with one. Now, I know people that have had trail cameras messed with, and it's really just about being smart about it. You know, you can lock it up. That'll keep the honest folks honest, but... There's not much to know. it, though. I mean, you know, you just put them where you want to put them. Yeah, dude, put you know, it in I, a good spot. I, last year, I put them wherever, honestly, that we wanted to put them. Yeah. And I didn't have a single one messed with. I didn't have a single person on camera. Now, I mean, yeah. literally nothing. That kind of goes back to the whole thing about public land where people were like, there's so many people out there. I'm like, dude, in both season, mm-hmm. I rarely. Today, okay, at today, not today. Uh, this past season in Tennessee. You wish it was today. I wish it was today. <laughs> when we were in Tennessee, this is the same day that Jacob shot that, made that bad shot on that little doe, um, which is on our YouTube channel. Jacob and bad shots. Yeah, oh yeah, man. What's Jacob, the deal? Jacob Deadeye Bowhunter, whatever. Jacob Deadeye Myers, Moneybags Myers. He, uh, he, he shot that doe, and 10 minutes after he shot that doe, we had a guy walk up on us. And I can honestly say that on public land, and all the years I've hunted public land, that is the first time I've ever had somebody walk up on me while bow hunting on public. That's really surprising, honestly. I mean, I yeah, people are surprised by it, but I mean, it's that's the way it is. I mean, it's just it's not as bad as social media or whatever makes it seem. Right. I mean, it's just like with anything out there. You know, it's not pretty much ever as bad as it seems. People like to freak out about well, stuff. And when you get on a, or when you get whatever. on a thirty-five thousand acre tract like that, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can I, can... I don't even know how big the one that we were hunting was. I mean, it was definitely sizable. And, uh, yeah, we had that guy, guy actually accessed <clears throat> from the river. We walked in, and that dude came in on a John boat. <laughs> uh, but he, yeah, and, and even then, he really? walked up on us, and it was civil. I mean, he dude walked up. We whistled. I waved at him, and he just he he waved back at me and turned around and walked back from where he came from. No problem at all. That's the kind of people you like to run into. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I've, I haven't had an experience where a guy was like a real jerk about, about like, running into us like, oh, this is my spot or something like that. You know what? Actually, I take that back. See, it's, it's, I've never ran into somebody in person like that, but one time, and I'm going to say it out of spite of this guy because I'm not burning the spot, but I was in the <laughs> Chihaw Wilderness in west or east Alabama. Okay, Chihaw Wilderness, a couple thousand acres on top of a mountain. And I went in there with a rifle, and I shot a buck off the ground at, like, 15 yards. It was awesome. And I was super happy about it because it's my first wilderness area kill. And uh, I was having a tough year, and I killed that joker, and I was proud of it. So I posted it on uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, the uh, Facebook group, Mm -hmm. and this dude crawled down my throat, man. He jumped down my throat about it. He's like, why are you burning that spot? I better not find you in any of my spots. You don't want to know what I do to you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just shut, I mean, I'm like, shut up. On, shut up, man. It's just as much my land as it is yours. Oh, yeah, dude. It's public land. Get over yeah. it. And and it's a freaking, man, it's a Chihaw wilderness. It's not like right. It's not like a 40-acre piece. It's, it's thousands of acres chunk, that's yeah. walk-in only. Like, dude, people aren't going to flood that place walking in two miles to go shoot a little buck. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, people people get so torn up about stuff. I don't know. Especially, uh, man, I've seen some stuff 
people duck cutting up, and especially around Arkansas public land. <laughs> Holy crap! Golly, yeah. <laughs> people will slap, kill each other for spots. I mean, it's yeah, I've seen some crazy stuff. Like you see, you seen that video of them slapping boats and jumping Bumper on each boats. other. Oh, yeah. that's dangerous too, man. Shoot, yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> Might as well be that spot. You're not gonna catch Alabama, me out right? there, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. Quiet. Hey, don't say North anything Al- about that spot. Don't don't give anything. North away. Alabama's not that not that specific. Yeah, the upper third of Alabama. Yeah, you spot burner. <laughs> <laughs> Ruin those spots, man. Call me out. Go ahead. Yeah. We need to we need to find some hogs this year, man. I'm thinking the the interesting thing is like we put so much time and effort into <clears throat> figuring out all this stuff about deer and it's so specific to the fall. And, you know, we at least like people in our circle and probably a lot of people that listen to this focus heavily on finding specific plants and specific features <coughs> that deer and stuff are attracted to or maybe pigs are attracted to. Just people are hunting in the fall. But in the summertime, there's a lot of people, myself included, have a lot less experience with, you know, plant identification or, like, just other other food sources that are available in the summertime for things like hogs. So, like, we're going to be hunting this summer doing, like, spot and stalk or just still hunting pigs on public land and swamps. So it's like, well, where do they like to lay? Where do they like to eat? You know, where do they, do they get their water from wherever? Or do they have specific things that they go to for water? Like, do they want a creek? Do they want a puddle? Do they just drink out of a mud hole? Do they get their water from what they eat? You know, so there's so much stuff to learn. I'm eager to dig into it. I think the three of us need to get at it. I'm looking soon. forward to hog hunting some. I'm down. I'm, I'm all for it because I, I do not like hogs. <laughs> I do not like hogs at all. I don't know if anybody likes hogs that much. I hate them. Yeah, they're bad. They tear up some property now. It's it's unbelievable when you see a green field that a big old herd of hogs has come through. I mean, it it is unbelievable yeah. how much damage they can really do. It'll break your heart. It will. Oh, dude. Will. Spend all this time and money planting a big food plot, uh-huh. and then you come not in. Even, and not even that. You just spilled you your oh, beer. Oh, party foul. I heard you, that. You just you invest all this money in property, and you have this property. And then you go down a dirt road, and all of a sudden you start seeing hog sign, and they just, I mean, they tear it up. It's unbelievable. I found a place last summer where the pigs had not only torn up the greenfield, and this is on public land, they'd not only torn up the greenfield, they'd <coughs> rooted up the road, the gravel road. Really? Yeah. They this were forging the road. Hunt, Adam, this is where we hunt. And they had rooted up the road, like... It's like it looked like they had started on one side of the field and just rooted straight across the road to the other side of the field. My it was insane. Goodness. We're like you could form a mud hole in it if it had rained at that point. Like it was bad, and uh, that's probably where we're gonna go hog hunt because I know where they live oh, down yeah. there. There's a couple public land places in Alabama where you can hog hunt all year round, and, and that's one of them. We're rather close to one of them. And if oh, you yeah. and you know what, if you're out there hog hunting, you know I've shot a hog with a 270 before. I mean. Probably 75 yards, right there in the shoulder. Knocked him over, got right back up, walked in the woods. <laughs> I mean, they're tough to kill. Oh, yeah. They really are. I mean, that, that shoulder blade is... No joke. Unless is, you're Steve Angel shooting like a four million grain arrow. Right. You right. just punch right he through that blows baby. through that. Single bevel broadhead. There you go. I need to go get, <laughs> I need to go get a... I'm glad you caught me before I said something I didn't need to. 
<laughs> it's like shooting a dang hatchet at them. It's like splitting them like splitting wood. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're uh, we're running out of battery on this here recorder. I'm so. really looking forward to grilling up these dang broadwoods. I know. I'm kind of. I don't hungry. know about y'all. Listen, you about to strike up? I'm a not fire. lying to you, man. I've been thinking about these cheddar jalapeno broadwursts. Oh, uh, freaking! I just really not, wish we had a damn damn catfish to throw on this damn grill. Well, I mean, well, we got Ugh. twelve shiners that are all or not shiners. We got twelve shad that are all dead. Unfortunately, I couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't it. believe it. They all they had to do was live for 15 minutes in the stupid bait bucket. We were so excited. We found a live bait shop. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, bet, we I we bet had around chat. two o'clock in the morning though when we go take that line. We got how much did you spend mm-hmm. on those? You spent what twenty five, thirty dollars on those? Like twenty bucks. <sighs> mm. That place charged, but I don't have a cast net, so I had to pay it. Golly. But yeah, we so can't have nothing nice. They're big old tell you what, shad too, man. Absolutely, we can't have nothing catch nice. a big old fish on, and uh, those jokers, man. Uh we used to throw cast nets out in Low Lake a bunch off a dock that uh, a buddy of mine had that like went out in kind of the main channel in Low Lake. Oh yeah, we throw really? a big old cat nest, cast net out there, and uh, we'd let it sink way down, and then we'd pull it up. And one time we caught a shad that was like the size of my hand. It was huge. Big old shad. Unbelievable. Oh yeah. We'd, we'd hook those jokers up and throw them out there. I caught my biggest catfish like that. But, anyways, all the shad are dead. We got a couple dead brim that we caught, too. We're going to cut those jokers up and sit down here, set a trot line, set some limb lines, you catfish, know, hang out. You know, you guys are all about the shad. Cook some food. Y'all are about shad, and I've caught some catfish on some hot dogs many of times. Oh, dude, I've heard of guys catching them on freaking soap. <laughs> Absolutely. Soap. My buddy Joey Bell was saying they caught them on like stink bent up pieces of aluminum or some crap. I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, catfish will eat anything. Well, some of them will. I Channels will eat a lot. Flatheads are a little more picky. It's gonna be gonna be nice to carry this cooler on down there by the water. Oh, Golly, I'm telling you, guys. When I tell you, when I tell you, this walk down to the down to the bank is rough. I mean, about to fall off the mountain. I mean, if you've been to Smith Lake, you know. Yeah, it's pretty, you know. it's rough country. It's, it's kind of country a deer will get big in because no one wants to walk around and kill them. Absolutely. You're daggum right. And if we're not mistaken, there's 40 acres. Shh. Uh, shh. <laughs> Close by. Which Close. national forest is it again? I can't remember. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's all right. Don't we'll get Parker up here. Why Parker, didn't you tell Parker us this? Parker kills all the bankhead bucks. We'll Why get didn't... him up here. No, 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 no. He's going to kill all the deer out there on that one. Why didn't you call <laughs> us during turkey season, JT? That's why. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Look, man. What do you? I mean, uh, he's holding out, man. He didn't even tell us he had this property. I gotta have a few. Literally, homes. I gotta have a few. Homes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So his family's gonna build a house out here, and I can tell you, when they do, we're gonna be. Oh here. yeah, we're we're gonna come. We're gonna be here. Yep, here all the time. If well, you can get off work now. Oh yeah, I work every you gotta, weekend. You gotta quit here. working that night shift now, man. Come on. Hey, hey, don't don't count on it for the next about ten years. That's right. He he's the new guy on the force, people. Yeah. Right? Well, y'all, y'all got any uh, closing things you want to say? <coughs> Just get out there and be active in the community. Be active in the in the wild not, wildlife. Enjoy being outdoors while you can. It's yeah. a good time of year to be outside. Look, last summer, y'all heard us talk a bunch about the Mobile Hunters Expo. It was an incredible event. A bunch of you guys came out to meet us. We got to talk to, I don't even know how many listeners. If you heard all that last year and you were like, dang, that sounded cool, I should have went to that. Here's your chance. You need to make it to this one. 
It's June 28th through June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. All right. Giving you a heads up here. So go ahead and mark it on your calendar. June 28th through June 30th, Dalton, Georgia is going to be the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. We're going to be there. A bunch of our past podcast guests are going to be there. There's going to be seminars. All of the mobile hunting companies are going to be there for you to try out gear before you buy it. It's like the one event of the year where all of the the, like the mobile hunter ecosystem just kind of congregates in one place. And Chris and Josh and the guys have done an absolutely phenomenal job putting this thing together over the last couple years. And it keeps getting better every year. So like I said, make sure you come see us. We're going to have a gigantic stack of free stickers to give away to every listener that stops by the booth. And we're going to have merch there to purchase. We're going to be recording podcasts, shooting videos, all kinds of stuff. So like I said, don't miss it. You can head on over to the mobilehuntersexpo.com to look at show schedules and dates and go ahead and grab your tickets. So y'all go check it out at the mobilehuntersexpo.com. 